interview of the night, Mr. Justin McMahon, co-founder and CEO of DailyFantasyInsider.com. You can find him at Justin McMahon on Twitter. How are you, Justin? Thanks for joining the program tonight. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So let me get this straight. You're a junior at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, or going to be a junior. Am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. I actually go back tomorrow to get started on my junior wow. year. Wow. Wow, that's exciting, man. I, I envy you. My brother actually is a junior in college uh, as well right now, So, and I envy him. He just went back uh, this weekend, and I miss those college days. But you're doing a lot of big uh, things for so a college fun. kid. Oh, absolutely. I can only imagine what uh, UNC uh, Chapel Hill is like as well. I'm sure the you know plenty of parties, and it's a huge school. And I always went to a little you know D3 school. I played baseball up there. It, it was fun, but I can only imagine how massive and how much fun UNC is. Yeah, it's a good time, and the sports are good, so that's always fun, especially for someone like me. Oh, man, I, I can only imagine. You're, you must revel in going to the basketball games and – uh, I saw you're a Washington Redskins fan, though, so you got to you know, make those travels to those games every once in a while. Yeah, I did that a few times last year. It was a lot of fun. Nice. All right, so let's get into the, some fantasy football. And you started this uh, this website, I believe it was, uh, If I correct me if I'm wrong, October 2015, so it's been almost a year. Talk about what you guys do over there at, uh, for fantasy sports players uh, at Dan- Daily Fantasy Insider. Yeah, so I've been playing fantasy sports for a long time, and I got really into daily fantasy sports about probably about four years ago when Draft Street was really big. And uh, I just kind of couldn't find exactly what I was looking for as far as DFS help. And so I just started researching baseball stats a lot and reading a bunch of stuff about different statistics. I started with baseball, and I eventually just covered every sport. And I just built my own strategy. And after I finished, I thought, you know, this would have been so useful if someone else had done this for me. And uh, I just thought, you know, I'm, I've already done it. I might as well provide this for other people. And uh, so I got some friends in on it, and we, we built this website. And we just started giving out our picks and trying to teach strategy as well so that people could not just plug in our suggestions but understand how we made the picks and then make their own teams uh, in the future. And that's what we've been able to do, and, and our users seem to really like it, and we have very knowledgeable users that really understand the game and understand stats and uh, so it's it's rewarding for us to get to interact with those users rather than just telling them, pick this guy, and they have no idea what's going on. Yeah, you want to educate the people and educate the fantasy sports players because fantasy you know, sports in general is blowing up, especially fantasy football. It's one of the most popular uh, money-making games uh, anywhere right now, and I know I love that. I've been playing it for a very long time. And, uh, you know, we're heading into our fantasy football season uh, this year, and I, I, I read a couple, I read an interview that you did um, uh, on from FanDuel, I, I believe it was, and, um, you know, you've been playing season-long fantasy as well, uh, heading into the 2016 season. You know, can you give us a draft strategy? What's your draft strategy going into this season, and does it vary from year to year, or is it pretty much the same year in and year out? Yeah, so it, it definitely changes a little bit season to season, depending on kind of what everybody else is going to do. Um, I always draft quarterbacks pretty late. I think that it's probably the position where there's the most equality. I think if you look at the top five quarterbacks and compare them to the average quarterbacks you get later, um, I think it's pretty similar, and uh, that's not true for any other position, really. Um, So that's kind of one of my big strategies. I don't think I've ever drafted a quarterback in the top eight rounds of the draft. 
and, and wow. I always go running back first. And this could be a weird year because this could be the season where running backs are not drafted first. I think most likely wide receiver will go first in my draft. Um, I don't think I'll do it. It would be tough not to take Antonio Brown first, but if I had any other pick, uh, I think I would take a running back over a wide receiver. I just think that there's so few workhorse running backs and there's so many wide receivers that could be good um, that I would rather just go ahead and lock up that tough position and, and then draft a bunch of wide receivers and hope that a few of them work out. Because you're probably not going to be drafting a lot of third-string running backs that all of a sudden go crazy. But you could draft a couple wide receiver threes that have some really good years. Yeah, or maybe one of the top-tier running or, excuse me, wide receivers get hurt, and then that number three wide receiver – bumps up to the number two, and he puts out better production than you were expecting anyway. Exactly. And, and then if the, you draft the running back three, you're requiring two injuries for him to really be useful. And even then, what you'll usually see a team do if they lose their two top three running backs is they'll go out and get a new running back. Um, they're not really probably likely going to put your third string Roy Helu type guy as a workhorse running back all of a sudden. Um, but with a wide receiver, you could see a guy go down and someone else step up. That's much more common. Um, so I, I think taking running back early. And another thing that we, we kind of talk about it, we have a strategy guide in uh, dfiuniversity.com where our whole team has spent the last two months since the NFL draft. We've been breaking down this upcoming season, and we've written up every single team, and we've talked about our strategy. And one thing that we, we preach is that you don't want to wait to the last round to draft a defense. If you look at the difference between the production of a 12th round uh, wide receiver, let's say, or running back, or someone you take on your bench versus a guy you get in the 16th round, it's almost nothing because you're probably dropping both of those guys. But if you take the best defense in the 12th round instead of the, an average defense in the 16th round, you're getting yourself so many extra points by the end of the season. And for some reason, it's just one of those things that everyone talks about, like as though it's a guarantee, defenses don't matter, take them in the last round. I don't know who started that, but uh, when we did the research on that, we found that you should definitely go ahead and get your defense and maybe even your kicker a couple rounds before the very end of the draft, lock up some steady points week to week. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. Two things I wanted to mention to you. First, about the running backs. It's been a little different lately uh, as far as running backs go because there's so, as you mentioned, so few bell cow running backs, ones that you can just care, you know, guarantee are going to be the you know, bona fide starters, going to play a lot. Uh, these second-tier second guys, especially in PPR leagues, are becoming very valuable because they catch the ball out of the backfield right. and they add points that way. And then as far as the defenses go, you're just making my point because I remember I had a, a debate with one of my buddies uh, who I'm going to have on next week. We're going to do a little mock draft, and then we'll talk about it on my show. Um, we had discussed this last year about the defenses. He always waits till the late, late rounds, one of the later rounds, last rounds, to draft the defense. Uh, and was trying to get me on that side where, you know, you, it doesn't really matter the value of the defense, those extra points. But I like what you said there about a defense in the 12th round. One of the top defenses in the 12th round is going to give you more value than a wide receiver that's just going to sit on your bench uh, in case somebody gets hurt, or like you said, even dropping those guys uh, anyways. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy to make the argument to leave the defense for the last round without using any stats. Bring in some stats, mm-hmm. and you can't make the argument anymore. So to me, that's what matters. I mean, if you look at, tell me how many points I'm going to get more if I draft a defense, a top-tier defense, versus how many points that bench receiver will bring me over the course of the season 
and compare him to the player I could have gotten the next round, and it's almost the same. Um, so, yeah, no. especially, especially if you find if you have good sleepers, you might have a few sleepers that won't even get drafted. So save those really good sleepers that might not get drafted for the last two rounds of your draft. That's what I do every year. I get my defense and my kicker before the last two rounds, and then I save my really deep sleeper picks for those last couple rounds. All right, well, we're going to dive into sleepers later in our show in this interview, so we'll, we'll keep those to the end. Uh, but we're talking with Justin McMahon, co-founder CEO of Daily Fantasy Insider. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at Justin McMahon. And, um, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about the different leagues. Obviously, there's PPR, Standard, Dynasty. Which is your favorite uh, season-long fantasy league uh, style to play in? Uh, if it's really all my choice, I'd rather do auction. Uh, it takes forever, and it almost okay. no, it almost never gets agreed upon. Um, but a lot of people uh, find that auction drafts allow you to really put the exact value that you want on each player. Um, but if you're doing a normal draft, snake draft, what I usually do, uh, I prefer to do a half point per catch. I think the that's the most fair system. I think that having a full point per catch skews it a lot, and getting rid of PPR skews it the other way, where Deshaun Jackson is all of a sudden too good. I love him. I'm a Redskins fan, but you don't want to have it so that you can catch two balls and be worth the same amount of points as a guy who catches 11, like Jarvis Landry. Um, so I think a half yeah. point for catch, and that's what that's how FanDuel does their scoring, and I think that's probably uh, the best scoring system uh, in my opinion. What about you? What's your favorite type of league to, to draft in? Well, to be honest with you, I, I'm a big fan of PPR. I think standard, you know, I, I know you love your boy Deshaun Jackson where he becomes very, very valuable in those type of leagues. Uh, I, 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 I tend to go more towards the PPR. I do like the, the half-point PPR, like you said, that, that DraftKings, or excuse me, FanDuel does. I'm a big FanDuel player myself uh, when the season goes on. Usually I just stick to football, but maybe I'll get more into into baseball and things as you know because it was banned in new york here for a while so i wasn't able to play i was kind of off the map for a little while so i i actually i just talked to one of my buddies before the interview and i said hey i'm having this interview if you want to tune in and he's like how you been doing i said he lives in connecticut i'm like i haven't really been able to play because it's been banned i think they just reinstated it but um if i had to pick and and i do create my own uh league here for the show the word with g uh, i usually do a ppr um, but I might, you know, I might change it and see if they, they give me the option to do a half-point PPR. I, I do like the, uh, the lore of that. It kind of makes everything a little bit fairer. And you had mentioned my, my boy Jarvis Landry. He's one of my favorites in PPR. I always make sure I draft him. Oh, yeah, you got to get him. If you're doing full PPR, you absolutely have to get him. Uh, yeah, I would, mm-hmm. if you can change your league to decimal scoring, then it won't give you a full point for every 25 yards. It'll be like the .04 for each yard. Yeah. Uh, just which is technically more fair because if a guy ends up with 24 or 29 yards, um, he'll get only two points for that. Uh, so you might want to look into decimal scoring if you really want your league to be uh, pretty intense. That's a uh, that's a that's a good suggestion. I'll definitely look into that. So speaking about drafts and whatnot, are you a big believer in mock drafts? Do you go out there and, and do a bunch of mock drafts before the season, or do you kind of just do your research? And then, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm jumping into draft night, and, and let's get going. Yeah, I don't really do a whole lot of mock drafts. I feel like I, I tried them a couple times, and someone would always draft him to you on the first round. And I was like, all right, this yeah, is a waste of my time. Um, <laughs> and if you can really – if you can get a group of guys that are all into it to do it, then that makes sense. 
but you can't get anyone from your actual league because it would mess everything up. They would try to deceive you. So you'd have to find mm-hmm. another group of guys besides your normal group to draft with your exact settings. Um, so I don't know. I don't really believe in it. I think every second that you have to put towards preparing for your draft, you should just be absorbing more information. So that's what we really preach at DFI. We don't really have a ranking of players. We don't have a leaderboard of these are the guys in order that you want. And we do it that way on purpose because we think that people will just not bother reading anything else if we just give them a list down of every player on every team. Uh, but we don't just give out a ranking list because we don't want to take away the actual uh, information absorption and just have it become a complete just checklist. Yeah, no, I love that because I'm not a big proponent of, of mock drafts either for the same exact reason. you got these guys drafting stupid. They're trying to draft Brett Favre in the, in the second round. They're, you know, they want <laughs> yeah. Steve Young. They're trying to get Tim Tebow. They're trying all different crazy things uh, to just try to screw with it, and it doesn't really come out to be – uh, that accurate of a, of, a, of a draft unless, like you said, you have to get guys that aren't in your draft who are committed to doing a draft and kind of, you know, guys that you know or girls that you know uh, that really want to take it seriously. It's hard to find that just on a random website with mock drafts. Hopefully everybody tries to take it seriously, but you never know. Right. Let's get and into – then... Oh, oh go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that using the uh, aggregate average draft position – that's all you need to do. That'll replace all the mock drafts because with mock drafts, you can't factor in the personal bias of the players in your league or in the mock draft league. So you might as well just use the average draft position across all real drafts, which you can find on ESPN, and then just base uh, base off of that where you think people will go. All right, now give me a couple players that you feel like you need to own this season. Let's just imagine that it's a half-point PPR uh, scoring system, uh, you know, regular points, everything like that, nothing crazy, uh, whether it be, you know, somebody who's a stud or somebody you think is going to break out. Who are some guys that you think that we need to, to own this year or need to draft in our 2016 fantasy football draft? Yeah, so our favorite offense to target is the Chicago Bears, and they seem really ready to rely on Jay Cutler. Uh, he's an unlikable personality, so a lot of people don't like having him on their team. I I find myself drafting him quite often, and if you look at his statistics under pressure, absolutely incredible. And if he could just get some time in the pocket, he could have a great season, and I feel like I say that every year, and he never has any time in the pocket. Um, but <laughs> I'm hoping his, hopefully his offensive line will improve a little bit. Uh, we think Kevin White will be a steal in the draft. And Alshon Jeffrey is, of course, a good play every week. And I also think Jeremy Langford is a high upside back. You know, we were talking about there's that second tier of running backs that just is, as as weak as it's ever been that I can ever remember in playing fantasy football. Jeremy Langford mm-hmm. is a guy I think you want to get as your running back two. Maybe you're running back one if you don't get one in the first couple rounds. Uh, and he's the kind of guy that I think could have a big year in that offense. Any other offenses that you like, or, or you like to uh, yeah to draft? Yeah, uh, uh, staying in the same division. Uh, we also really yeah, like the Lions' couple. passing attack. We think that Marvin Jones is a prime sleeper. We think that he could really replace Megatron as the deep threat in that offense. Uh, he never got to play any games last year where AJ Green was out and he was healthy. So with Megatron basically out for the season. I think he could really step up, and Golden Tate is a good receiver, but he's a possession-type receiver. So I think Jones will be the deep guy. 
Our team really likes him for his upside this season, and Stafford loves to air it out, and I don't think he'll stop airing it out just because he lost Megatron. And then a couple other guys, uh, Keenan Allen and Antonio Gates, uh, is another couple guys on the same team. We think both of them could be top ten at their position. Neither of them were particularly healthy last year, and if they can stay healthy this year, they could both have really good years. Yeah, I love Keenan Allen uh, from the San Diego Chargers wide receiver. He was um, such a stud. I had him, uh, Julian Edelman, and uh, Le'Veon Bell on, on one of my teams last year. I think I was like 6-0 and on my CBS team, and, and they all got hurt, and it just kind of fell to shambles. Uh, but again, ah, we're talking to Justin McMahon. Yeah, we're talking to Justin McMahon, co-founder and CEO of DailyFantasyInsider.com. You can find him at Justin McMahon on Twitter. And now give me a couple couple players that, you know, maybe we should look to avoid in our draft and let the non the less experienced fantasy football player go ahead and draft them. Let's keep us smart and knowledgeable, and let's, let's avoid these guys. Who do, who do you think we should avoid this year? Uh, I would say avoid all the top quarterbacks. As I talked about in the beginning of the draft, I don't think it's worth it. And last year was a season where it really paid off to do the wrong thing. If you drafted Cam Newton too early, in my opinion, or Tom Brady too early, it worked out because the other top players in those rounds kept getting injured. As you said, all your players got injured. So you actually Mm -hmm. got rewarded for making kind of the wrong pick. But this year I would really avoid the early early QBs, and I would also – uh, consider avoiding a guy that is not quite a rookie, but some people are talking him up like he has a lot of potential. And Sammy Coates, we really do not believe that Sammy Coates will have a good year. He only played in one game last season, so you could count him as a rookie. Uh, but there's a lot of questions about his ball security and route running. I actually watched him play quite a bit in college. Wasn't that impressed, and apparently the NFL scouts aren't too impressed either, and we don't expect him to be worth drafting this season. Uh, let me ask you specifically, let's back up one second here. Let me ask you specifically, <clears throat> excuse me, about these two quarterbacks because there's been a lot of debate, and I've heard a lot of good things about both guys, but I have a different feeling on each two, and, and that's Derek Carr versus Blake Bortles. Do you like one more than the other, or do you like both of them, or are you not high on either of them? Yeah, I actually like Carr more than Bortles. So I had Bortles last year as my other QB with color. And a few friends of mine had Bortles, and we were all in different leagues. We were all excited about him all year because he just kept racking up points in garbage time. And it was so fun because we'd always make a a rapid comeback in garbage time. But the the problem with him now is that the Jaguars' defense is no longer bad enough to guarantee him garbage time every week. I would actually consider Carr a much better play because I think the Raiders will be competitive, and I really like that offense. And I think Jacksonville's biggest improvements this year came on the defensive side of the ball which could actually hurt Blake Bortles. He won't be forced to pass the entire game, and he won't have defenses playing prevent. We don't care if you score as long as it takes three minutes kind of defense at the end of the game. So I think that Derek Carr is the better pick of those two. Couldn't agree with you more. I love Derek Carr. Um, and, and, like, for the reason you had mentioned about Blake Bortles, I think people are, aren't going to be, you know, surprised by him. They're going to be more prepared. and Their defense is better, so they won't be in as many blowout games. Uh, great point there. Let's – Let's move on. How about any sleepers? You got any? I know you mentioned Marvin Jones, but any sleepers you can draw for uh, for my audience? Yeah, I think I just want to re-emphasize that we really like Kevin White. Uh, he's the kind of guy that I think if you listen to this whole this whole radio segment, you might forget that I mentioned him. So I really want to come back to that <laughs> as we think Kevin White is a really good pick. Uh, 
So consider him. And a couple of sleeper tight ends that you might want to consider. Alex Hooper, uh, he could really be a good play. Um, another guy we like is Michael Thomas in the Saints office. We think he could be a good late-round pick. Sleepers are tough. I mean, you're throwing darts at the board uh, and just hoping that you hit the middle on one of them. But the, I think all those guys that I just mentioned could be worth uh, snatching up at the end of your draft. How about rookies? You know, Derek Henry and Ezekiel Elliott, everybody's really insanely high on Ezekiel Elliott. I think they're uh, crazy no. for being so high on him. How, how do you feel about some of these rookies? So I'll start with Elliot. I mean, I hope no one accuses me of my Redskins bias affecting this pick. I could be a huge <laughs> Cowboys fan, and I would tell you, don't pick Ezekiel Elliott in the first round. I mean, it's funny because if you ask some people, what are some rookie sleepers that you like? Some people are still saying, Ezekiel Elliott is my favorite sleeper. The guy is being drafted first overall in some drafts. That's not a sleeper. He's going to have to outperform Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell to be worth picking up there. And he's got two other good running backs on the roster. I just I can't see picking a rookie in the first round, especially not when they just went out and got Alfred Morris, who as a Redskins fan I know is a bruiser. I mean, he's a good back. He's not going to take all the carries, but Elliott is not going to be worth it in the first round. I would be shocked if his owners ended up winning any of their fantasy leagues. And then another and rookie. Give us some... uh, oh, go, oh ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. Say, one of the rookies. Continue. Yeah, one of the rookies that we actually like is Corey Coleman. We think that uh, that Corey Coleman will be will be worth picking this year. Oh, there's a couple Go of rookies. What you were and say. I, was, I was just gonna I was just gonna move on to your um, your daily fantasy football strategy. I know you bring it to the daily fantasy. I uh, won a hundred thousand dollars on a three hundred dollar major league baseball uh, daily fantasy game. Came in first there, and uh, you know what's your strategy for football uh, now daily fantasy wise. Yeah, so with football, it's really an interesting daily fantasy sport. It's by far the most fun, even though uh, it's not as easy as a sport like soccer to make money. It's definitely the most fun sport. And one thing that is important to think about is trying to get some players that are low ownership, which means that other people in the FanDuel and DraftKings League are not putting them on their team. That will give you the opportunity to win your entire league. If you can find some guys that don't have the number one ranked matchups, they're not playing the 32nd-ranked defense. Maybe they're playing the 20th-ranked defense. Um, that's a time where you could really get a guy that other people don't have, and he still has almost as much upside as the guy with the best matchup because most football games are going to have some touchdowns, and if you get the guy who scores them and no one else has them, uh, then you could end up beating everybody else in the league. Um, so that's just a general strategy. I mean, it's pretty tough on a little segment to break down the whole strategy considering that we have – hundreds of pages of uh, written-down strategy on our, on our site and in our archives. So it's, it's tough to focus on just one little thing. But that's the piece of information I always try to tell people is that uh, ownership is really important. I like that. I like that strategy a lot. Um, I know it's just, it, would go, it, it would take a lot to go into everything. Uh, but, yeah, that is a good little piece of information there on Daily Fantasy Football. And now lastly for me here, uh, Justin, what, just give, give the listeners a, a typical NFL Saturday, you know, NFL Fantasy Football week for you. What's it like? Take us through a typical week during the fantasy football season for you. All right. Yeah, so on Tuesday we start breaking down all the matchups. Um, and then by Wednesday we've kind of got our rankings, our teams to look at, teams to avoid. 
and then we're just all week we're just kind of going through it, breaking it down. Um, we usually avoid picking players from the Thursday game. There's a whole article on that in our strategy guide on dfiuniversity.com where we explain that. I don't want to bore you with it now uh, for too long. But we uh, we go into Sunday morning pretty much with our lineup set, and then we just monitor injuries all morning. And then we'll, uh, we watch football from 1 o'clock to the end of the Sunday night game. And uh, it's it's a great day. I'm so glad football season is back. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. I am very, very excited. And um, just quickly, I, I think I've been pronouncing your last name wrong. I apologize. It's Justin McMahon. Yeah, it's McMahon. It's M-A-C-M-A-H-A-N. Gotcha. And gotcha. if you yeah, want to follow our... No, oh, yeah, no worries. If you want to yeah. follow our company on Twitter, it's DS Insider. There you go. Anything else you guys are working on that you want to tell the people about? Uh, well, we actually cover every single fantasy sport on FanDuel and DraftKings. So if you're thinking, man, all I care about is uh, PGA on DraftKings, we got you. And uh, we cover every sport. We just I had a huge day in uh, Fantasy Liga MX in soccer. I really do not know anything about it, but our soccer guys told me who to play, and I won a bunch of money. So we can cover you on any sport that you need help with if you visit our site. There you go. If you want to know the latest fantasy football, you know, soccer, basketball, baseball, anything fantasy-wise, check out dailyfantasyinsider.com and then the the aforementioned dfiuniversity.com. Justin McMahon, co-founder, CEO of Daily Fantasy Insider. You can find him at Justin McMahon on Twitter. Only a junior at UNC. His future is bright. Thank you so much, my man, for joining me. We'll talk again soon, all right? No problem. Thank you so much for having me on.